2020, broadcasting you today from North Central, West Virginia. I want to continue on today in the book of Hebrews, chapter 9. We talk about temporary sacrifices. Before we do, let's go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to expound your word. Your word that will never, ever pass away will go forth, never come back void. But it will do that what you sent it to do. We ask you today, Lord, as you speak your word to us, that we'd apply it to our hearts and our minds, and know today, Lord, that your word is all wisdom and all knowledge and forever living. We thank you for all your goodness and for all your mercy, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hebrews chapter 9, I wanted to try to get from verses 1 to verse 14, talking about Temporary sacrifices by the Levites or the tribe of Levi or the what priesthood, which was appointed to Aaron and to, to that particular tribe, place, but they were temporary. They were temporary. They were God's economy at that time to deal with the sins of men. All sin to come short of the glory of God. I've said it many times on this broadcast that the world's problem is sin. If sin is addressed, and of course if sin is taken away, which it is through the blood of Christ in our lives, then the world will be a lot, lot better place. But we know the Bible says that men will wax worse and worse, and iniquity shall abound. So, <clears throat> there are those today that's in rebellion to the plan of God, and the plan of God is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. From the foundation of the world, that's been the plan of God. The writer says here in Hebrews 9, 1, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances, or ceremonies, of divine service and a what? <clears throat> worldly sanctuary, a worldly sanctuary, the the verse covenant. Now, of course, we're talking about the law of Moses, which God gave Moses at a place called Mount Sinai. Ten commandments written on stone by the finger of God, which is the law of God, which as Moses brought it down the first time, the children of Israel had already rebelled and they had made the golden calf and they were in rebellion to God. So we know that he went back up and got him again and come back and they said, we'll keep his covenant. We'll keep his laws and his precepts. But did they? History bears out. Also the Bible bears out that they did not because they could not. They did not because they could not. We are conceived, the Bible says, in sin. Now, a lot of people say, well, I'm a good person. That could very well be. I do this and I do that, and that could very well be. There's good moral people, good people, yes. But the Bible declares that we all have need of a Savior, that every one of us need to have our sins forgiven and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the answer. God sent his only begotten son. Why? Because he loved the world. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish or be 
affected by what the Bible calls the second death, which is the total departure from God, the total separation from God Almighty. And that happens when men reject, when I say men, I mean mankind rejects the plan of God, the great covenant, the everlasting covenant, which we live under now. We're going to talk today about the temporary covenant, the temporary sacrifices. But when men reject God's plan, the Bible simply states there remains no more sacrifice for sin. So once again, many might say, well, this is narrow-mindedness, but the fact is that Christ is the only way to God. The only way to God. So verily the first covenant one was ordained of God. The Bible declares the law was a schoolmaster. The law was a mirror. We knew sin because of the law. And it pointed to the future. It was what the dispensation that pointed to the future. Hebrews 8, 7, for if that first covenant had been faultless, there should no place have been sought for the second. Now, we read this a week or so ago. Hebrews Hebrews 8, 13 in that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. And because Christ fulfilled it, never he did not do away with it, fulfilled it. Still stands. God's law, God's holiness is intact. But the way that we approach God in today's time or dispensation is only through the blood of Jesus Christ, because he is our righteousness, and he must be preached. He must be pointed to. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, he says, I will draw all men unto myself. The Bible says the knowledge of the truth will set us free. So then, verily, the first covenant had also ordinances, divine service, and a worldly sanctuary which is in contrast to that which is in heaven. Now, the Bible teaches that God gave Moses the pattern for the wilderness tabernacle right out of the portals of heaven, that which was in heaven. The Bible declares that the life is in the, in the blood, and the Word of God says, I've put the blood upon the mercy seat for your atonement, which is in heaven, the heavenly Tabernacle, that's in the book of what, Leviticus 17. So, ordinance of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. A worldly sanctuary. Hebrews 9, 10, well, we'll go there there later. So, verse 2. For there was a tabernacle made first wherein was the candlestick and the table and the shoe bread which is called the sanctuary or the holy place the holy place there is a tabernacle made a tabernacle made <clears throat> as i said The Word of God declares that Moses made this according to the pattern given to him by God Almighty, where there was a candlestick. So this is, uh, the candlestick was what they call the lampstand, which was made out of one piece of gold. There was no creases in it. And the lampstand was the only source of light in the entirety of the holy place. Of course, this is a type of Christ. Everything we see in the Old Testament points to Christ manifested in the New. In the Old Testament, concealed, as you study, and the New Testament revealed. So the only light that's in the holy place is Christ. That's why the Bible says we can come boldly before the throne of God, making our supplications known unto him, 
because he's the only light in the holy place. He's the only one that's holy. I'm not, you're not. You're holy through him. We're righteous through him. I, I cannot approach God on my own. I can't. The Bible declares that we must come before him with sacrifice. We must come before him with blood. And we come before him today through the blood of Jesus Christ. For the blood covers a multitude of sin. So study this economy that we're in now, this this new everlasting covenant. Study the contrast between the two. And God will reveal to you Jesus Christ. This is the revela- This entire book is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's just not the last book of the Bible, although it certainly is. It certainly does point to Him and 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 certainly lifts Him up. Praise God and exalts Him. But the entirety of, of this Bible is the plan of God to reconcile man back to Himself. And how to get there. And the, the plan is, have always been, the Bible declares from the foundation of the world has been Jesus Christ and him crucified. The candlestick and the shoe bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, which is in, called the sanctuary. The sanctuary. So God's way today is through who? Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. And the word of God says in Exodus twenty five thirty, talking about 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 the shoe bread, and thou shalt set up on the table shoe bread before me always for bread. The house of bread. Is there any bread in the house? And Jesus said he is the bread of life. And he is. He certainly is. In him is life. And word life is Zoe, which means the God kind of life. A life that far exceeds the expectations of men. The life that comes from God. The originator, listen to me, the originator of life. The one who years and years and thousands of years ago bent over the lifeless form and fashion and uh, a man called Adam and the Bible declares breathed towards rock breathed the breath of life into Adam and he became the Bible declares a living soul <laughs> beats today because of God you breathe today because of God God is all powerful with all knowledge forever present and in him is life he says in his word i set before you death and i set before you life and we apply that today i set before you jesus christ and if you reject him there will be there will not be any life jesus said i'm the way i'm the truth and i am the life and no man comes unto the Father except it be through me. He is the way today. Thank God Almighty, He's the way. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiness of all. This is the veil which separated the holy place. From the Holy of Holies. Not everybody under the priesthood could go into the Holy of Holies. But the priest had to separate himself, sanctify himself, get himself ready. And once a year, he went behind the veil into the Holy of Holies, not without blood. He offered sacrifice for himself, and then he offered sacrifice for the people. And he had to be right before God. He wore bells on his feet. And the bells quit ringing. There was a problem. They had to drag him out of there. But only God allowed. God only allowed this 
one man of this tribe of Levi to bring bring blood into the Holy of Holies for an atonement for the sins of the people. But in the book of Hebrews, we're under, we live under a better economy that we can all go boldly before the throne of God. Or in other words, go into the Holy of Holies because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That God gives us audience. The second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all. Now, the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, study that. If you, if you get a chance, you'll see how this prophet saw the holiness of God. And he didn't just rear back his chest and go in there. The Bible says he was broken. And he said, woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips. When you come into the presence of God, it will expose you as the word of God exposes us. And we will see our unworthiness to even go before him. But thank God that through Jesus Christ that we can approach God. Thank God. We don't have to go through a system, a what religious system. We don't have to kill our farm animals because of the blood, the everlasting blood, the blood that will never, ever pass away, reaches to the highest mountain, goes to the lowest valley. Listen, God's way has always been blood from the book of Genesis to Revelation. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Exodus 40 and 3 says, And thou shalt put there in the ark of the testimony and cover the ark with the what veil, the separation. But the Bible says when Jesus died, that the veil was ripped from top to bottom, giving me and you access. And we'll say it again. To go boldly before the throne of grace. Grace, unmerited favor. We can go there because of what Jesus did and nothing that we did within our lives except except accept him for who he is and what he is, the soon coming king, the redeemer of the world, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Verse 4, which had the golden censer, and the Ark of the Covenant overlaid round and about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the what? Covenant. Or the tablets or the Ten Commandments, which had the golden censer. This was the golden altar of incense in front of the veil in the holy place, not in the holy holies, but in the holy place where praise goes up or honor goes up. And the Ark of the Covenant, and we know we've studied that. You should know about that. It was the most glorious and the most, uh, praise God, mysterious vessel in the tabernacle. Men chased it. Men are showing it today. <laughs> the cherubims, one on each side, and the Bible declared that God dwelled on the mercy seat. Now he's omnipresent. He is what omnipresent, which he means he's everywhere. He praise God. He consumes. He he fills up. But this place is where man come to meet him and to meet God on that mercy seat, where blood needs to be applied. See, God's plan to redeem man has always been there. From the When man fell, God slew an animal. He, he shed blood that man might be redeemed. The Bible says he would that none would perish or die in their sins. Now, if you read this Bible at all, you will see that God's a holy God. And we cannot be holy except through his son, who Jesus Christ the Ark of the Covenant, study it, study it. Round about the gold wherein was the golden pot that had manna. Once again, this is a type of Christ. 
of, of bread, manna that fell where in the wilderness that provided food in a place where there was not any food. He's our El Shaddai, our God that's more than enough. Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. Aaron's rod that budded. And the tables of the covenant or the Ten Commandments. Aaron's rod that budded. In other words, showing God's economy at that particular time. This was God's plan that Aaron be the priest. He was the voice of Moses. He stood behind Moses. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't. But his line was the priestly line. Their job, strictly, was to stand between God and man and offer blood, make sacrifices unto the Lord. And the Bible says God told them that he was their portion. He was their portion. He paid them, so to speak. That is all passed away, per se, under the new covenant. Under the new covenant, which is who the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Study of the tabernacle. It's a great study. Verse 5. And over it, over what? The Ark of the Covenant. The cherubims of glory shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot now speak particularly. That word cherubims means living creatures. Living creatures. When Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, the living creatures flew around and about crying, Holy, holy, holy. Remember they had they had six wings, two to fly, two to cover their feet and to cover their eyes, because they were in the presence of a holy God. Shattering the mercy seat. In other words, they look down on the mercy seat into the glory of God, which we cannot now speak particularly. Not a great deal. God lets us know. The Bible says, the secret things belong to God. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. That which he reveals, we walk in. That which he does not reveal, it's actually not, a, not up to us to speculate or give what they call what conjecture or theories. Stick with what we know. Stick with what we know. And it's God through the Holy Spirit that gives revelation. The Holy Ghost leads us and guides us into all truth and all righteousness. Verse 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the what first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. So these, this plan, this priesthood, was setting, was set in place by God. And the priest going in, of course, pointed to Christ. Who went in and put blood on the mercy seat for us? Jesus Christ. So he's our high priest. Remember we talked about he's at the order of who? Melchizedek, which is, he was superior to the priesthood. And, of course, Christ is superior to all things. He said the priest went always into the first tabernacle. Where the first two rooms the tabernacle called the holy place, accomplishing the service of God. That was, that, that, that was their duty. That was their thrust. That, that's what a military term. That was their MO or mode of operation. Verse 7. But into the second veil, now listen, into the second veil with the holy of holies, the high priest alone once every year, listen, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs or the sins of the people. So how many went behind the veil into the Holy Holy One 
His title was the high priest, the one who was set aside to represent the people. And the Bible calls Jesus Christ our high priest, who finished the priesthood per se, accomplished what he came to do on the cross, making himself the high priest who the Bible declares is touched with our infirmities. He did not put the blood of animals or goats or cows or calves on the altar or on the mercy seat. He shed his once. Once. Now the Bible declares that these priests went once a year with blood, first of all for himself and for the heirs of the people. Once a year. Think about this now. This was on the feast day called the Day of, properly known, the Day of Atonement. In other words, atoning for the sins of people, but not without blood. See how important blood is to the economy of God? So he went in twice this day, once for himself and once for the people. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 27, also on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall afflict your soul or fast and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord or consumed by fire or sanctified by fire. In other words, with the impurities all burnt out. We come before God today through Jesus Christ and the Bible says with a pure heart. And a pure heart can only come through believing in the sacrifice of Christ. He's our sanctifier today. He's our justifier, certainly. But he sanctifies us through the blood. His spirit The Holy Ghost helps us when we believe in the blood, when we accept the sacrificial work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But there's no other way to God. If you don't accept his death and his burial and his resurrection, then you don't accept the plan of God. And that's the only way to God. There's no other way. You can't do enough religious stuff. You can't wear enough religious clothes. You can't go to enough to, to, to enough what religious churches with, with laws and things that the Bible declares that men can't keep themselves. He talked about the Pharisees and the scribes and how they, they would heap laws on people but were very short of coming before God with holiness because they're not holy. Religious things cannot make you Holy religious tradition cannot make you holy or cannot make you righteous only through the blood of Jesus Christ. We lift him up that all men might be drawn unto him. Verse 8, the Holy Ghost, the signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. Listen. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing, okay, but they went once a year, yeah, but they had to do it every year. Christ went once, went once behind the veil. Study this Bible; it'll help us, help you, help me. When we know God's plan and God's word, and uh, when we stand on it and believe with faith, believing that He He accomplished what He said in this word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word by no means will ever pass away. So the Holy Ghost signifying, which the Holy Ghost is the author and the interpreter of the word of God. Not only did he write it, append it, 40 different authors, 66 different books, but he interpreted it. The word of God offered, well, the word of God contradicts itself. Not, not if you write a divide. Not if you compare scripture to scripture. Study it. That the way into the holiest of all was not yet manifest. In John fourteen six, Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but by me. That's the manifestation. That's the completion. That's the fulfillment of 
the law. In other words, they didn't know about that yet. So the way to God was blocked at that particular because I'm not knowing. And through Jesus Christ, the revelation is given to us the only way to God. So the system we're talking about, the temporary sacrificial system, in itself was not completed until Jesus Christ came. So there was limitations. And it's proven by the fact they do this once a year. In the same way, the priest first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. The Bible says heirs of the people. In other words, they broke the law. Okay, They broke the law of God. And the Bible says if you broke one, you broke them all. It's so impossible to do this. We, we can't keep it. But Jesus Christ did. Making him the way. Okay. Verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present in which we offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to conscience. Hmm. So did that perfect people? No. If it did, it wouldn't have been done every year. Pertaining to conscience or the part of your mind that reminds you of where you are. So the weakness of the first covenant was, of course, only based on animal blood, which was the Bible declares was insufficient. In other words, it did not purge the conscience. Sin was still very prevalent. And sin had been just covered, not taken away. But John said, when he baptized Christ, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now, when he said Lamb, every every person there, every, every Jewish person there, thought back to what? The Passover. When they took a lamb and shed the Lamb's blood, they behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. <clears throat> Not every year, but once. So it's accomplished. It's done. And the answer for sin in my life and in your life is Jesus Christ and him crucified. The Bible declares he gives us power. Paul said, I'm ashamed of the gospel, the good news. We're talking about Christ and him sacrificed. His, his, his uh, work on the cross. His praise God, powerful uh, Time when he come out of the grave with what the resurrection, the finished work. He takes away the sin, now listen, of the world. So that includes everything and everybody. All sin comes short of the glory of God. We need a Savior. We need somebody to take our sin away, to justify us, to sanctify us. And praise God, in the future, he'll glorify us. But you can only receive him when you submit yourself to him, when you humble yourself before him, when you confess your sins. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Verse 10, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers, washings and carnal ordinances or ceremonies, imposed on them until the time... (laughs) of reformation or the time of reforming or God's perfect way, which, of course, is in Christ. Stood on divers, washings, and carnal, listen, that's fleshly, ordinances. So this is types and shadows of what is to come. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 15, having abolished, Paul wrote, having abolished in his flesh the enemy or the animosity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Now, the Bible says in his flesh, he abolished. That was against us, not for. The letter kills. 
Grace delivers and sets free through Christ. What the Bible says, the letter kills. Why? Because of our inability. If you don't get anything else, get this today. Our inability to serve God in ourselves. We can't do it. We need his grace. We need his mercy. We need his power. Verse 11. Go back to verse 10. And the time until the time of reformation. So Jesus abolished the what the Levitical priesthood because he became the high priest. And the Bible declares went to heaven, put the blood on the mercy seat, as now sitting by the right hand of the Father, our high priest, our soon coming king, our Lord, our Savior, all in all. Jesus said, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and the first and the last. He says, I am that I am. The eternal one who set in place an eternal, everlasting covenant through the blood of Christ, through his own blood. Verse 11. But Christ being come a what? A high priest. After the order of who? Melchizedek, who was priest and king. Of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this building. Now, you can read the Bible when the Jewish people love their temple. There's really nothing wrong with that. But we can't get wrapped up in a building or whose name's on the cornerstone. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. How many people today that attend church are more in love with their building or the church house than they are the Lord? And that's a question to be answered only by themselves. <clears throat> Steep deep in religious tradition because Papa and Mama went there. Mom and Dad went there. Okay? But how many people do this Sunday after Sunday and still do not know Jesus Christ? He's the author in French. He's the chief cornerstone of the church. The Bible calls it the mystical church. Well, there's a mystical union between Christ and his people, which took place when he shed his blood. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater, more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, as to say, not of this building. So once again, pointing to Christ, this was all a type. In Hebrews 10.1, of the law having a shadow of good things, very tight, to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. So it just points it out that the law could not get it done. It has to be the blood of Jesus Christ. But it was God's economy at that time. That's what he commanded them to do. That's what they did. But when Christ come, his blood, the Bible says, covers a multitude of sin. I'm going to say it again, man's problem is sin. Everything you see going on in the world today is a product of sin, a product of a fallen race, a fallen people, mankind. Not of this building. In other words, the house is not going to get it done. We're not of this world. Verse 12. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once. How many times? Once. Into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Hmm. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, which is the old the old the old what system. But now by his what? Own blood. Price was paid, Hebrews 10, 4. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can reconcile me to God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can put me in good standing with God? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
Only through his blood can me and you be put in good standing and be accepted before God. For God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He entered in once into the holy place that's behind the veil, doing what no other priest had ever done. So that means the heavenly tabernacle is open to him. It's open to him, open to me and you. While this this very book says we can go boldly before the throne of grace, bringing our supplications and our requests. Thirteen, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified and purifying of the flesh. Once again, the covering. This was a what an external purification, just a covering. We read that. Once again, having to be done once a year. Verse fourteen. How much more? How much more? In other words, if this old system of the covering, verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of who? Christ or Jesus Christ, who through, listen, the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God. There's the key. The perfect lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Purge your conscience from dead works. To serve the living God. In other words, lift the burden of sin off your mind. That you no longer have to live under the weight or the guilt or the shame of sin. Now the enemy will always come back and accuse you. He's accused you of the brethren. Try to bring condemnation back on, back up on you. But the word of God, therefore, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And the Spirit helps our infirmities. So he offered himself without spot, the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect Lamb of God, purchase, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Christ's death and his blood has the power to radically save you, to purify your mind, to purify your soul, to make you clean, to make you born again, born from above. Only his blood can do that. And also reconcile you back to your maker, back to your creator, and bring you back into fellowship. It's lost in the garden. Bring you back into fellowship with your God. through the eternal spirit. In other words, all things in the direction of the Holy Ghost, the ambassador to Christ on the earth today, the invisible being who is God himself, who works in the minds and the hearts of those that have accepted Christ and also deals with those and convicts those and draws those unto Christ. You cannot come unto Christ unless the Holy Spirit draws you. In other words, gives you a revelation of who you are without Christ. If you read this book that I'm holding in my hand, when you read it, it'll read you. And point out, as the law did, pointed out our transgressions. The law was good at pointing out transgressions, but had no power in itself. Just covered, never eradicated, never purged our conscience. John 10 17 through 18. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. So he laid down his life that we might have our conscience purged. First John 1, 7. But if you walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from sin. Doesn't say anything about covering, cleansing. In other words, get rid of the dirt, taking a good shower. 
under the <laughs> under a good washing. The Bible even declares it washes our minds. The washing of the word. How we need that today. And it's still in effect. Christ is not coming back to be nailed to a tree again. He's coming back to redeem this earth back to himself. And the way things are looking very soon. To serve the living. How do we serve the living God? Jesus Christ. How do we come unto God the Father? Through Jesus Christ. Luke 1, 1, verse 74, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. For this reason was the Son of God manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. The Bible says when Jesus walked on earth, he went about doing good and delivering those and setting those free that was oppressed of the devil. He was manifested for this cause that he might destroy the works of the devil. So once again today, many will say this is closed-minded, but the scriptures declare that Jesus Christ is the only way. Not multitudes of gods and inclusion and dragging everything in with him, no. Only Jesus Christ. And he says, if I be lifted up, as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent in the wilderness, so if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. How can a man hear unless he hears a preacher? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So do you know him today? Have you been reconciled back to God? Are you tired? Sick and tired of being sick and tired? Years and years ago, when I I was in my 20s, I found myself at that place just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And Jesus Christ saved me. And he's never left me, and neither has ever forsaken me. Have I messed up since then? Yes. All sin comes short of the glory of God. But he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never gives up on us. He's not out to kill you. He's out to save you. He don't want to judge you. He wants to save you. Come unto me, he says, ye that are heavy laden and labor, and I will give you rest. A God kind of rest only comes from God the Father through Jesus Christ. So if you don't know him, Paul wrote in Romans 10, verse 9, that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. There's a brokenness about this. There's a humbleness about this. You can't come unto God with arrogance or pride. You can't do it. He, he won't receive it. The Bible says the only sacrifice he'll receive is a broken and a contrite spirit. Verse 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, our sins are eradicated. For there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek, so it's a universal call. Every man, woman, boy, and girl that will receive him. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever, my God help us today, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. How shall they do this? And how shall they believe in him who, who they've not heard? And how shall many, how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent. It is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings, good things. So the gospel is very, very good news. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it. What's the power of God unto salvation? Listen to me today. He's the way. <laughs> I can't make it any plainer, any clearer. There's no other way to God the Father except through who? Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And he says in that word today, he'll, if you call upon him, he'll save you. He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you. He'll help you. He'll give you strength. He'll give you a reason with so many lack today for living. This life has beat so many up that they've lost their will. They've lost their way. And Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Not a light of the world. He's the light of the world. He's the only. He's not a way to God. He's the only way to God. Call upon him. Seek him while he may be found. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your word. And that what you've done. And what you're going to do. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you touch many today. Touch their hearts, touch their minds, save their souls, heal their bodies, work miracles in their lives. Reveal yourself in a mighty way. Help that one today, Lord, if it's a rope sin and just don't know what to do. Let them become broken and contrite before you and help them and lift them up. Touch those today, Lord, who the doctors say that doesn't look good, but you're the way maker. Lord, we declare healing and deliverance over these lives, that they shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. As your word says, the whole duty of man is to worship and praise and give you honor and give you glory and point other men unto you forever be a testimony we thank you for your grace we thank you for your mercy and we ask you Lord to help this nation help this world we ask you Lord that you'd have mercy on us God we need mercy bring healing Oh, we repent we repent of our shortcomings and our sins and they be many but we know that the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sin. We thank you today. Save, heal, and deliver. In the name of Jesus, we pray. The precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless till next time. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want He maketh me to lie down in green pastures Leads me beside the waters of rest